and welcome to the show. Every week we meet up, talk some action movies, shoot some breeze, and let off some steam. Bennett. This is PC, and I'm Grant. And PC, you remember when I said I would introduce you last? I lied. If your daddy knew how stupid you were, he'd trade you in for a pet monkey. <laughs> that's, that? my, that's my contribution for the day so far. That's um, Steven Seagal's words of wisdom. <laughs> going to go on to talk about the Avengers a little bit later, that's the topic of the week, but we're going to start off with an opening question, so Marvel continuity characters that you've not seen yet, or not seen yet done properly, <laughs> might be another Or well. <laughs> so that gives you quite a lot of scope. Yes. Spider-Man, ooh. Let's not go there. <laughs> Don't taunt me like that. Um, okay, so who would you like to see that you've not seen so far or done well? The the character I've been um, I've been thinking about with that one is one that has been seen and in the travesty that was um, X Men Last Stand, um, which was the Juggernaut, and I think just for just for giggles, I think Vinnie Jones doing it again <laughs> for the for the Juggernaut origin could be quite interesting. Um, and whether or not we go through the comic book version where we can then touch on his relationship with his brothers. Um, Charles Xavier and also just to completely geek out and discuss who he's not actually a mutant so you shouldn't lose his powers in X-Men 3 Patrick Stewart and Vinnie Jones they're brothers <laughs> <laughs> now that's a great sell for an action film yeah. right there isn't it I'm going to go with Captain Britain ah, yeah. yeah yeah that would yeah I'm not sure which kind of square jawed blonde British actor <laughs> could you get as that though no you don't you're, you're, yeah. and your Craig is kind of busy <laughs> Yeah, it's not much of a step going from James Bond to Captain Britain either, is it's just a sidestep more than anything else. It could be of course, his sister is a bit better known. Psylocke. Yes. Yeah. Before she turned Asian, if you read that period of the X-Men. No, I think she I missed that one. She swapped bodies with an Asian lady. Informative for you all this morning. Fantastic. Because, um, yeah, she will also be in the new um, X-Men film as well. Oh, the, um, Yeah, Age of Apocalypse. She's going to be in that along with um, okay. somebody who used to be in EastEnders who's going to play Archangel. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, just a <laughs> That's exactly what the X-Men franchise needed. Somebody from EastEnders. <laughs> I was reading today that that film is going to have a genre-defining twist at the end of it that's going to impact on all the other films. So Anytime somebody mentions there's going to be a twist in the film, I just cringe. I just... It never ends up well. Do you think they're going to kill Wolverine because they can't afford his wages anymore? <laughs> they need to do something. I think the problem they've got is that Wolverine's always the, the central figure for most of the films that they do. And it kind of dissuades a lot from the other characters that they're trying to develop. Mm-hmm. I'd still love to see more than Nightcrawler. And it's good he's also going to be back, but it's a younger version that they're doing for them. How much can you really develop a character who can't remember anything anyway? Yeah. I know it's just like, yeah, I, I remember nothing past the 80s. It's like, all right, okay, so pretty much anybody else that went through the 60s and 70s can't remember much what happened either, so it's fine. Uh, some notable mentions here. The NFL superhero. Yeah. <laughs> he apparently um, used to sack quarterbacks and now he's tackling crime. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, I'd like to see the Captain America bad guy, the Gamecock. <laughs> He's dressed like a chicken. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did take us a while to compose ourselves after finding that to be fair. God bless 70s and 60s comics, honestly. God bless the 70s Americans who hadn't heard any British terms yet. <laughs> okay, so our trivia for later. 
Whenever Bill Murray sees this sex scene online, he phones Mitch Glazer to tease him about it. What film is that talking about? So, I'll I'll, have a think. I'll 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 catch you later. Now it's time for the Wheel of News. Do you want to spin the wheel? Yeah, is your flight ready? Yes. (laughs) Excellent. Let's have a tug and... (laughs) I'll go with number five. I'm a tug of the game cock. <laughs> <laughs> the colour version of Man of Steel that somebody had done this week. Did you see this? Yes, I did see just briefly when I was scanning through Facebook that Actually, somebody had done that. I watched a little bit of the footage as well. It looks so much better. It just, it just seems to be, I don't know for whatever reason, that a lot of people just seem to see DC as gritty and dark everything has to be gritty and dark or grey but you can't do that with Superman Superman is not gritty and dark I know well let's not discuss the ending of Man of Steel no <laughs> let's just not go there but yeah I'd like to see that in full colour <laughs> really see that neck break yeah in full quality detail wow this looks really nice ooh I wasn't expecting that. yeah I wonder if because presumably it looked like that when they were filming it it didn't have a filter on it then yeah you'd have to think that somebody's taking the time to then go back and then just fill up the lot of it but I don't understand I don't know if they are just if they felt they needed to kind of do that to make it more realistic as you can make a man that flies and punches the buildings but yeah in a weird way though it makes it look less realistic oh because the world doesn't look like that (laughs) I wonder if it's just because it looks too much like the Brian Singer film yeah, and you're just trying to see it. That, yeah. it does look trying to distance itself from it. Yeah, it was. They've kind of went too far the other way, though. <laughs> yes, it's. It could have been a great film, but the plotline and the way they went through it was just a bit of a shambles. Especially because you now technically can't have Clark Kent as a character because yeah. his secret identity is already out. He's already been outed as Superman, so it's like you can't really do anything from there, and that's usually one of the pivotal parts of having characters like that is having their secret identity and having the development of both sides of the character yeah that's which one is he really is he Clark Kent or is he Superman yeah exactly why not have another tug of the Gamecock of news (laughs) (laughs) yep we'll give it a wee shove there and number two first image of Jared Leto as the Joker yes with his tattoos and funny teeth yeah that was um I'll be completely honest the Suicide Squad thing I've just kind of rolled over and I'm, I'm not really that fast about or maybe roll over and get your belly tickled <laughs> by DC at this point uh, to be, it's one of these points where I mean I'm loving the other shows that they're doing at the moment for the likes of The Flash Constantine bring it back Monday's make decision day Monday's decision day yeah fingers crossed that show's great yes it's very good if anybody's not seen Constantine it's only done one season so far but it's very good very good highly recommend it because um, they've been making a huge deal about Leto and his transformation to Joker and how they were going to do it and what vision of Joker he was going to be whether it was going to be more based on one of the comics or you know whether it was going to be like a previous incantation of one of the the film versions you know, like a Nicholson or someone else but at the end of the day you're not really going to know until we see our first kind of trailer or first kind of footage of him doing anything so it's difficult to just go with the visuals and say you know it's going to be great personally so, if they're going to reference anything I would have them grow a moustache and then white paint over that <laughs> I was actually be watching that the other day oh dear lordy 
because some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> Which, is this what they're going to be saying about Suicide Squad? Mm. And with that terrible link, let's move on. I'll take number one. Fourth week at number one in the UK charts for Furious 7. Yeah. Until this week, when it disappears in the Avengers 2. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of this franchise? It seems to have kind of gone from what initially was, wow, look at all these really cool cars to kind of heist movies, to then, I've not even looked at the synopsis of the new ones, so I've got no idea what it's, what it's supposed to be, so... Well, I've seen it. It's not as good as Furious 6, it's not as good as Fast 5, but it's better than most action movies that are out there. That's not it's, difficult, to be fair. It's got that kind of expendables feel of, this is a lot of... Nonsense. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of good guys all fighting on the same side. And look, we've got a CGI Paul Walker face, which is going to look horrendous in five years. Yeah, it's just to learn from the film and techniques of the crew when they did that. They put like a, a touching scene with Paul Walker at the end. And in fairness to them, it actually does work pretty well. And I, I think if he hadn't died though it wouldn't work in the slightest you yeah. what the hell is this do you think as well that the popularity of this particular version of the film is kind of enhanced more because of what happened to Paul Walker no I think it's I think it's 100% to do with The Rock yeah the last few films I, I think the last one I seen was Fast Five and, <laughs> it's a great film. and as much as much as the safe sequence at the end really riles me sometimes just for the logistic <laughs> point of view um, I did enjoy it it's the kind of thing as long as you go in knowing what to expect and that you just have to switch your brain off and just you know let yourself accept what's happening and just don't try and question anything because you'll just you'll just make yourself angry but um, my favourite scene is the scene where everyone pulls the gun on the rock and he just kind of nods at them all and they all put their guns yeah. down yeah I thought so <laughs> I love the rock yeah because um, it was a fight sequence between him and Statham is it him and Statham in this one or was it yeah, yeah. It's, it's great he does uh, the rock bottom on him <laughs> it, it's pure fan service but it's entertaining yeah and it's it's one of these things it's what do you want from your blockbusters yeah I suppose they've got they've got enough of a following now that they can kind of venture a bit off the, the beaten path of things like that and kind of have wee things without interrupting the film too much and basically it's a B movie writ large isn't it yeah and I've got no issues with that at all <laughs> okay so the two stories you missed off the wheel of news Kevin James is 50 today <laughs> How did we miss that? <laughs> and the first images from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 have been released. So you're not getting to talk about that <laughs> what you want to and be angry. <laughs> Directed by the guy who did Project Almanac. Which I'm still to see, but oh, I've been live being informed that it's quite the most The funniest film of last year. <laughs> okay, next up we're going to do our feature. So this week we're going to talk about The Avengers, which we've both seen. Yes. Or have I? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I have. You have. I went to see it in 2D because um, I have... Uh, I've had really bad headaches this week. Let's not go into personal details. Yeah. That's not our style, but yeah. I thought 3D may be a bit overwhelming. <laughs> so I went in 2D and the entire opening scene is clearly designed for IMAX in 3D. Yes. <laughs> Whereas I don't think much of the else of the film particularly was there was any other kind of standout moments in IMAX um, I think the, the the sequence towards the end where it was you know like the ensemble fight 
yeah. and it kind of slowly pans around as each of them is having you know like their shot where you're watching them fight I mean that looked very yeah. impressive in the in turn yeah <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong it did look very cool um, doing that um, the, the opening kind of 15-20 minutes I have to say and it's probably one of the most explosive starts to film I've seen it was quite impressive but um, I, I, we've got to get down to brass tacks though yeah. I need to know the answer to this question PC how wrong did you feel finding the little sister of the Olsen twins attractive <laughs> I, I had no issues with that because <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean we, we did see the other one she was in um, was it Godzilla Yes, yes with also the guy who was in yeah. Quicksilver they're, they're really hinting at that incest yeah the audience, <laughs> aren't they? there's a lot of face touching and hand holding and yeah tongue uh, kissing the last, last one's not true yeah <laughs> you'd be watching Star Wars again haven't you <laughs> um, yeah because I mean I could have done without um, the, the story about how they have to sleep under a bed for two days because it was a bomb and stuff and yeah I mean I don't know what you think about it but I kind of feel the without trying to give away too many spoilers for people that haven't seen it um, I kind of feel the film seems to go at such a pace the, the kind of plot line really suffers for it at times mm-hmm. where they're not letting the plot develop in a way that would make more sense I know that there's supposed to be an edition of it that's three and a half hours long, um, which is supposed to be. I feel that the scene where they go back and it's revealed that Hawkeye has his family. Spoilers. (laughs) Not not much of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. But Um, I actually think that film gives you a nice bit of time to breathe and soak in some plot for a little bit. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the film, yeah, doesn't do that. It's yeah. I mean, it was. It seemed to be a lot of the films focused. On driving the plot forward. Yeah, I mean, it seemed to be the majority of the plot was kind of centered around Hawkeye and also um, Banner and Natasha. Yeah, um, and that seemed to be the other ones just seemed to be more like side characters and anything else for quite a lot of it because it did seem to be more about developing relationships within the Avengers and and kind of showing. Can I just say as well that Nat is not a good a good shortened form of Natalie <laughs> or Natasha. Natasha yeah. Because Nat is a guy's name. It's the whole Annie, Anakin thing all over again. It'll never be as bad as that. <laughs> so what did you think? Did you like it? I did like it, but I felt it could have been so much better. Um, I, I felt that there was aspects, if they developed it out more and kind of either hinted at stuff rather than go into it, because it did seem to be at points where you were just jumping about in different directions and you were... Even though I kind of know the, the core story of what happens with Ultron and other things, you kind of felt as if you were like being teased with so much things and then immediately jump into another point and you're like, but why have we not discussed this or why is... And it kind of, as I say, it suffers for that. Um, it's almost a victim of its own success because the action scenes are stunning. Yeah. But they've almost tried to over-egg the pudding a little bit. I like it, I like it too. I like it with reservations. Yes. Say. Where I think it's a it's a great film, a lot of rewatchability to it, mm. and I think I could possibly like it more on a rewatch. Yeah, I think there'd be the things that you would spot in a second rewatch that you would even be like, oh, you know, that's really good, I've just seen that, da 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 But I think, I mean, as you say, visually, the actual experience of watching it, it's a bit like the first time, um, just to go back and watching The Amazing Spider Man 2. As people know, I'm a massive Spider Man fan. 
but I think it was the experience initially watching that in IMAX and having that immersive experience, especially from the start, um, for the kind of swinging section that they have was fantastic. And that kind of overruled common sense for me as well because I thought the film was great. But on a second viewing afterwards on Blu-ray, you kind of realise that there's the plot isn't that strong, that it's not as good a film as I thought it was, but it just seemed to be that the effects and the visuals just seemed to carry it forward more than anything else. And I kind of feel that's... It, it almost feels like that with this as well. I mean, it's still a good film in its own right, but as you say, there's just points where you're like, what just happened? Because something will happen in the blink of an eye, and they'll just move on. They won't try and expand on it at all, and it suffers for it, so... Okay, I'm going to talk about the end without actually discussing any of the plot here. Okay. But I think Marvel have fallen into a trap where all their films end exactly the same. Mm. They all have this kind of set-piece action scene that's partly on the ground and partly in the sky. (laughs) While it's entertaining, I don't think it's different enough from some of the other endings to be unique. Whereas I think The Guardians of the Galaxy... The end of that had enough unique elements to it that yeah, was still entertaining. Because I mean that was a gamble in itself for the Guardians of the Galaxy, which paid off massively. I mean, if you were to say to somebody, you know, I can only imagine when they were pitching this, and it's like, yeah, we're, we're going to, in principle, cast these two A-list celebrities, and so like, oh, who are you going to have them cast as? Oh, a talking tree and a talking raccoon, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, and to get away with that for a film like that was fantastic, and nobody expected it. But I think to make the Age of Ultron better for me you take out the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and just focus on Vision. Yeah. I think, for me, it would have been more development of... the kind of... not the fall of Ultron, but his change from what he could have been. So it seemed to be it was a very quick change from being introduced to him and him immediately becoming... The bad guy. Yeah. You know, where... I think... uh, James Spader's performance almost sells that, though, because James Spader's excellent. Yeah. He, He is... Probably the strongest villain Marvel I've ever had. I yeah, argue. don't get me wrong. I mean, it was. I mean, some of the speeches and the way he was speaking, it was just. It was really haunting at times. One thing I was going to bring up with you, just to see if you noticed it as well, because I know you've had beef with certain things before with this. Ultron has moving lips. <laughs> <laughs> and from previous chat with Transformers with the Optimus <laughs> Prime lips. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan. I would prefer. It's just a, a glowing light. Yeah, in the comics, and they just, and they literally just been, you know, not even a mouth, even just like, you know, just, just a hole. Or like I can see why different. they did it because they're trying to humanize them, so you give them human characteristics. But yeah, Spader humanizes them enough with yeah. his performance. So yeah, I mean, so just kind of summarize with that, it is a good film with its faults, and but I'm sure I, I think yeah, go and see it, but don't. Don't go and see it expecting to see the best film ever made and you will have a better time. Yeah. I think it, you'll go in and say, yeah, it's probably still in like probably one of your top five Marvel films. I still think Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America are far better films than that is. But yeah. The second Captain America. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I would I would agree. I think in a way Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America 2 are the most complex of the films. Because Guardians of the Galaxy seems so throwaway. But the themes that play in it are mm. so sophisticated compared to most of the action fair that's in the Marvel films. Yeah, I think it's the interaction between the, the main characters as well. There does seem it's, to be a lot of chemistry. And it's James Gunn. James Gunn is a brilliant director. Yeah. Like, without a question, everything he's done has been brilliant. Let's move on to I Made Grant Watch. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so I had given you to watch a film called Hardwired with the the acting trio of Cuba Gooding Jr., Michael Ironside and Fat Val Kilmer. I watched this film. I yes. love this film. <laughs> <laughs> For people that like So Bad It's Good, just check this out immediately. Just go and watch it. Even if just for Val Kilmer's haircut. Yeah. Because <laughs> Val Kilmer's wig, it's like he's gone to Nicolas Cage's master <laughs> and said, his ones are a bit dull. Can you make me something a bit more exciting? Yeah. <laughs> it is indescribable. Just Google it. Yeah. So can you give us a, a quick synopsis of it? Yeah. It's hacking is the main kind of plot of it. The, it's, it's very much The Matrix meets Hackers. <laughs> <laughs> meets Val Kilmer's haircut and all the hacking's done on a USB stick which I find exceptionally impressive the effects in it are surprisingly gory at bits it's almost like kind of Evil Dead like it fits alright okay surprising like head explodes head, head explosions things like that which just adds to the bizarreness of it because it's almost like They've tried to pitch it like a TV pilot. Yeah. They, they think they think this is going to be a franchise. And spoiler alert, the film ends like it's going to continue forever and ever by introducing Lance Henriksen as a new bad guy. Oh, <laughs> sold. <laughs> there's so many good moments, but I think my favourite scene has got to be there's a scene where Val Kilmer's got to act like it's dark. He has to act like it's dark. Yeah, and the director has not shot this scene in the dark. He shot it in the light and put a filter on it so it looks like it's dark. So you've got Falcoma wandering around pretending that he's blind with giving you great memories of him pretending to be blind in this scene. His acting in that scene will make you laugh more than a lot of the character interactions in the Avengers Age of Ultron. I would say watch it. Definitely. It's... It's stupid. It's so unbelievably stupid. Cuba Gooding Jr. has taken it a lot more seriously than anyone else is. He seems to think he's in Shakespeare or something. Whereas Val Kilmer knows what he's in, which is why Val, Val Kilmer is great in it. The moment Michael Ironside. It's just Michael Ironside. He's <laughs> just who he always is. He's the gruff, shouty one. So on the um, on the Bennett scale then? Full steam ahead on the Bennett scale. <laughs> So I'm hoping the film I've given you is going to be as good as that, but I severely don't it given the cast list. I've, I've obviously set a standard that's going to be a surpassing. <laughs> this film is called Texas Rangers. It's not about the baseball team of the same name. All right. And it stars James Vanderbeek and Ashton Kutcher. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. Well, we're going to play our game now, so I'm going to give you some information. You've got to guess the film. What I've decided is... You're going to have two points. After a certain point, you only get one point. And I get a point from last week for you not getting Okay, so we've got a point to see on there. Yeah. Okay. Right. okay, so I'll give you some stars of this film. See if this will help you out. As to working out who it might be, first of all. Mm. And of what the film might be. Uh, Viggo Mortensen. Okay. Claire Bloom. You've totally heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell. Amy Brennerman. 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 Sage Stallone. <laughs> what? So who do you think the main, the main star might be? <laughs> oh, jeez. Can you guess 
who who might cast Sage Stallone in a film that he's in? I, I can only imagine him. <laughs> Peace Sylvester with it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Any guesses so far? I'm not a clue. <laughs> it's not Rocky Five, by the way. No. Be too easy. One of the reasons Stallone wanted to act in this film was it helped him overcome his fear of confined spaces. Oh, okay. He was paid $17.5 million to appear in this film, which presumably is why it had a $90 million budget. <laughs> it was directed by the same director as the first Fast and the Furious film. I have guesses? No, I have no clue. I'm trying to think with anything, because it's always one of these with the Viggo Mortensen films. I've seen a few, but I've never kind of go out my way to watch them. Great, great fact, by the way. Just... Just think about this when it's revealed later that uh, the director wanted Nicolas Cage to be this, <laughs> but decided that um, Stallone was more commercially viable, ironically enough, because <laughs> this was the 90s, there's a lot of clue there. Um, okay, story. Disaster strikes when robbers in a getaway car hit a truck full of explosives in a tunnel connecting Manhattan and New Jersey. This is daylight. You're right. Oh. So, one point. One point each. We're all level. I do remember. Nicholas Cage is the main star of Daylight. This, although I say that, this film took $159 million wow. at the box office. It was very dull. <laughs> I actually vividly remember watching that film. And people get quite affronted when I tell them why I remember it. But it was on the day that Princess Diana died. Because like everybody else, because that happened, there was nothing on the TV. So I had to then go up to the video shop. Yes, the video shop, Jordan, this is how long ago this was. And because everybody had the same idea, there was nothing in. So I had to sell for daily. <laughs> Brilliant. So every time you watch Daylight, which is all about a disaster in a tunnel. <laughs> the irony here. <laughs> okay, any guesses for the trivia? Every, whenever Bill Murray sees this scene, he phones up Mitch Glazer to tease him about it. You know, I honestly have no clue. Um, I was trying to have a think of anything because, I mean, Bill Murray himself is quite a quirky guy, so it could be anything. Mitch Glazer is married to the female lead from Roadhouse, <laughs> <laughs> and the movie is Roadhouse. <laughs> I think there needs to be some kind of intervention here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just can't help myself. I can vouch for that. So I think next week we're going to look at some trailers. We've seen quite a lot before yes. Avengers, so I think it's a good time for that. Yeah, definitely. You've got some time to watch Texas Rangers. By the way, the other thing I was swithering between, and I might use this for a time, this can be the backup one if we don't have a lot of time to watch things in between, is the episode of the A-Team with Boy George. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks very much for coming along again pleasure as always Bennett Towers <laughs> where we record this in a steam filled warehouse and we'll speak to you again next week see you later see you later
Follow us on Facebook, Let Off Some Steam Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Steam Podcast. Email us, letoffsomesteampodcast at gmail.com. And download our intro music. It is Fat and Bald by John Ahmed Schoenbergenbecker. You want to download it? I don't bloody blame you.